It says good luck, everybody. Morning. Welcome to Don't Feed the Artists. I'm looking at an iPad with our tracks on it, and I feel like I'm in the future. I'm Hagen. I'm Dave. Oh, I'm Adam. I'm Jackson. You look like one of those uh, sound people who's in the middle of the, uh, the you know, trendy kids, but has the big beard and dreadlocks. Who's just You're like, walking around you, you want more? Okay. And it just pushes his way through everybody. I look perpetually stressed out because I have an iPad in my hand, like like pointing up, down. Yeah, more. Uh, uh, no, yeah. That, why is this not working? That's what I just did actually for a while. So probably. Yeah, wearing, I guess that's me. Probably wearing chacos. Those Wait. are sandals. Oh, okay. Why uh, not just say sandals? Uh, why would you uh, not uh, say sandals? Because I wanted to sound like an asshole. Okay. I, I was Good wearing job. slides. I was wearing slides. Mission accomplished. So. <laughs> I bought a pair of chacos this weekend. Of course you did. Against my own. Uh, um, I don't know. Input. What? Okay. I, th- I hate sandals. I did, think did sandals. So why'd you buy them? Cargo shorts or what? Oh. Are you I, wearing... Adam oh my God. doesn't wear cargo I'm shorts. I'm wearing nice shorts. Adam's wearing shorts. It's Summer is here, guys. Summer is here. It's been here. How many Shh. inches do you think these shorts are, Dave? Uh, 10. Why don't you come measure them for me? Oh, my God. I got a tape measure, I think, over there. I think that. the oh yeah you actually do yeah. the uh, a taint measure the the question why I got the sandals is because I am going to the beach in one week I I won't be hey guys I won't be able to record next week <laughs> are you serious no not next week two weeks from now you won't be able to record because you're gonna be at the beach correct oh my what god a dick so uh, <laughs> fuck I was like ah oh, I just I'll wear my shoes up to the sand and then take my shoes off and walk on the sand and. No, uh, that's the thing. No, you don't want to do that. My partner said, no, you can't do that. I'll be in a Texas beach, so I, I have to buy uh, Chacos. Where are you going? Uh, yeah. <sighs> going to South Padre. He, if you want to come hang out with me at South Padre, totally fine. Gonna say, Just, he's, he's going to his beach house. He didn't tell us that he bought. Of course. Yeah, look for the really <laughs> pasty beam of light somewhere in the sand. <laughs> look for the steadiest standing condo that I rented. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> all right that was this week's episode hey I, i'm, I'm no it's not no i set all this up man we're gonna fucking talk we're gonna record an episode we're gonna talk yeah and i drove all this way here I, we're gonna talk that's right we're gonna talk we formed he, an alliance this week he drove from his beach house we this formed an alliance this week they formed an alliance adam yeah the we're sound fucked. guy I mean, it's okay we can just not record or not not post the episode I mean that's that's on me. Uh, I've no. never seen them make eye contact before. But this is weird. Yeah, bonus. <laughs> We're an audio podcast. It's a bonus for me. Also, we it's hard to make eye contact over Zoom, so now it's it's a little easier. Yeah, I agree. Now I just want to look into everybody's eyes. Oh, I'm uncomfortable. Maybe we should stop recording. No, no. Let's go through with it. Let's go through with just looking at each other in the eyeballs the whole time. Guys, I got a mosquito bite on my eyelid on Saturday. Whoa, that's that really funny. It, it, it was it, it is funny like after the fact. In the moment I was I was pretty upset. Can you see it? No. I have a better story. Oh man. I thought I was doing so good. <laughs> you guys see my earlobe? Does it look black? No. No. Looks okay. It looks like red, maybe swollen. Okay. Well, it's swollen and black. Uh you guys want to know why? <laughs> you're you're going to tell us. Uh, my partner sucked on my earlobe. And oh, <laughs> my God. And genuinely, I was like, this is going to be great to tell on the podcast. I'm going to watch everybody squirm. Yeah. On your earlobe. <laughs> on my earlobe. <laughs> and uh, I need Hagen, to see this closer. Okay. And uh, so, like, genuinely, 
not a day later, but half a day later, she said, what's wrong with your earlobe? And I was like, what do you mean? And we looked at it and it was just like pitch black, <laughs> my earlobe. Um, and, uh, that really <laughs> freaked me out and it took us a bit to figure it out. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to lose my earlobe. So, uh, there you go. <laughs> Can I suck on your other one? Yeah. Yeah, you may. Oh my God. <laughs> we'll okay, see if that gets edited out. <laughs> I, this Are you is... editing? No. Uh, this, there's your answer. Yeah. It's not going to get uh, it out. This seems... Oh, my Eye God. Eye contact. <laughs> I had two groups of people. I was like, who can I tell this to? I can't tell it to anybody, any of our families. Uh, I was like, I can tell it to Does the podcast guys. Does your family guys. not listen yeah. to the podcast? No. My family knows now. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> your family knows a lot of things about us. Uh, I was like, I can tell it to the podcast people, and then I can tell it to my friend Nick. And this is uh, probably the most ideal one. I've enjoyed this. Wow. That is a better story. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That, like, we're, yeah. yeah if, if, we're, if we're having a competition of the better story, you definitely win this time, man. Fuck. Is that kinky or just weird? I don't know. All right. That's very nostalgic. <laughs> Reminds you of high school. I... <laughs> Reminds me of grade school. This is a grade school. Sucking on Jackson's earlobe. Uh, if you thought eye contact was weird. Uh, hey, good to see you. I gotta, I gotta check my heart rate. I feel like it's just not going well right now. I, I, I did. Have, I have to go now. I came home uh, one night from hanging out with friends and a girl that I was seeing, and I, she gave me a hickey, but I didn't know what hickeys were at the time. Hey, be careful! Your wife's in the other. That's room. fine. So I walked in the room and uh, into my parents' kitchen. They had like aunts and uncles and stuff were hanging out. My mom was like, "What the fuck is on your neck?" And I was like, "What do you mean? What's wrong with my neck?" And um, I didn't know I had a hickey. And my uncle looked at me and was like, hey, give me thumbs up. <laughs> that's that's the right person who should react that way yeah. as an uncle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. This is a... Uh... This went from like a possibly endearing episode to a, uh, wow, Jackson just said that. I mean, I mean I, it's pretty on brand. I'm going to assume you got permission from your partner also to... Uh... Yeah, I did. We All both right. think it's funny. All I right. mean, okay. We, one time, uh, this didn't... Nobody would know this on the podcast, but one time Hagen recommended a show uh, to the group, and Keely and I sat and watched it, and uh, we sent a picture of us sitting in front of our uh, screen that we were watching it on, and paused so Hagen could see we were watching the thing he recommended, and said, hey, this is a great watch, we're having a great time, but we had strategically set it up that we were like cartoonishly making out in the like in the reflection of the uh, screen <laughs> so like our tongues were like animated out like wrapping around like velcro it was great yeah that one i, I really think it's funny that one i really just was like eh, okay that's, that's it's it, it's them you know haha <laughs> <laughs> hilarious sucking on ears <laughs> that's a weird one that's, if my mom the, did uh, ever the episode title if my mom Sorry. did ever listen to this, uh, she would be horrified by that because I've always played with my earlobes. And she'd be like, oh, my God, was that sexual? <laughs> <laughs> like, as a child, I was always just, like, rubbing my earlobes. <laughs> just ruined so many childhood memories. <laughs> and I think the only thing that would get my mom to listen at least this far in the podcast would be if I, like, died and she was still alive <laughs> think about if this is your last podcast oh man it's not even that it would be like a, oh if i were to die and she was still alive because statistically that's not how it works and um 
she were to go back and listen to all of this. I love that thought of oh. just, yeah, it's on brand though, as Adam would say. Oh my this God. This is good, uh, as Adam would say, content. Oh, it's fucking great content, man. <laughs> fucking awesome. So we're here today to talk about, <laughs> about, about nostalgia. <laughs> if you can't tell, music. this is what happens whenever uh, we don't have you know a completely fleshed out game plan. We're like, oh, we're going to talk about this, but yeah. it's not like completely like the the tracks aren't laid out uh, firmly. This is uh, what happens. I just when start Adam, spinning my wheels when Adam doesn't make show notes. God damn it! Yeah, Adam. the cold yeah, open drags on. on. Me. Yep. What is yeah. that shirt? What flag is that? It's not a flag. What is but it? Great content for uh, audio podcast. Okay, what is it then? No, it's it's a shirt from uh, MKVHD. Is a tech YouTuber guy. Yeah, <laughs> it's pronounced moniker. Yeah, it's not moniker. Sorry. <laughs> We're talking about nostalgia. <laughs> We're trying. God, music. Are we? <laughs> I don't know. Yes, we are. Dave has the right shirt for that since we're talking about shirts. Thank you for being a friend. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> that was a high five. That's how it's done. <laughs> That's how it's done. Do <laughs> I, I wore a nostalgic shirt for me. It's a Princess Mononoke shirt. I used to watch that movie uh, on car trips in my mom's minivan that had VHSs. Would you rub while your... <laughs> rubbing my earlobes? <laughs> and also rubbing my brother's earlobes. <laughs> Pretty sure my brother listens to Joe Rogan, so that'll definitely make him squirm. Where's the whiskey? <laughs> oh my god! Are we, are we just trying to get like picked up by Spotify now? Is that what we're doing? Yep. Yeah. Do you want a shot? Sure. Do we have we don't, for asking? We don't normally say that out loud. Uh, well, so now, now we are. We so. have to hide that we're drinking. <laughs> no, I've just never seen that happen. Oh. So normally, uh, what happens when we're pouring shots is I start to just talk and babble. And so the reason why we're here is to talk about nostalgia and music, and we thought a good way to open up that discussion is uh, kind of talk about our history in music and uh, how we got into music, whether it be playing music or just listening to music. And since I have the mic, I'll start. Um, I, I think I've said it on the podcast, but um, playing music, uh, nobody in my family plays music. Nobody is, you know, really musically inclined I, I think they could all do it but um that stereotypical thing of like oh no one plays music i'm the you know black sheep or whatever yeah. um so and i still to this day can't think of anything like growing up listening like my parents uh, i know my dad loves elo and that's about it so uh, it, it feels like i kind of just found my own way musically but whenever I started playing, actually playing music is I saw School of Rock and I was like, yeah, hell yeah, I want to play guitar. So I got a guitar for probably Christmas. And then from there, the easiest way to learn for me at the time, this was when like Green Day had just released American Idiot. So they were huge. And it was like, oh, that was the punk of that era. So like three power chords, easy. And then from there, I just kind of progress down the line but so a lot of my uh if we were to talk about what i'd be nostalgic for it'd be that kind of uh garage rock revival of like the white stripes and stuff like that and the hives and then also just really that post 9-11 new york scene of the strokes and all that and then also uh that green day era of punk with whether you want to call that pop punk or not i don't care uh do, what, what does your mom listen to does she have any particular taste in music one year I asked my family to give me a 
their favorite record on vinyl, even if they thought I wouldn't like it. And my mom gave me like the best of Johnny Cash, the best of Fleetwood Mac, and I think Creedence Clearwater. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that that's about what I got. That. Yeah. My dad gave me like a original pressing of an ELO record, which was really nice and probably one of the more expensive uh, Frisbee dis- Frisbee discs I have. Frisbee dicks. Do you ever do you ever eat a really hot meal on your frisbee dish? <laughs> yes. While you're one time I <laughs> pretended to drink what like three beers, Adam, out of a frisbee <clears throat> to get the keys to my room. So, what, I, what, was it three beers? That. Yeah, That's I how picked many it up in a standard size uh, U.S. frisbee. I picked it up and I was. Uh, they were like, on the ground. "You have to drink this whole thing." I said, "Okay," and then just poured it it's like, called, "Oops." It's called boat racing. Is yeah. that that thing? I, man, you guys would drink beer out of a frisbee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen it once. That's, no, that's, that's it happened once. Beer out of the frisbee dish. <laughs> <laughs> so Hagen, did you <laughs> did you ever play drums to rock band and think, oh man, this will get me the ladies or fellas? Uh, I, I mean, yeah, I guess. Uh, I, I mean, my like, my beginnings of music were pretty weird because I started playing piano when I was six, and then um, I didn't, uh, I don't know, like I, I kind of I kept sing I was singing my entire life, but then I, I, I was bored and I wanted to do other stuff, so I took cello lessons for a year in sixth grade, and uh, then I, I don't think I went back to piano lessons ever, but I also started playing bass shortly after that, and then uh, then I played rock band, and I wasn't good at the guitar part of rock band. I had friends that were that were way better at that, and the singing part of rock band. Just in case you know anyone doesn't know about this, is complete bullshit. It's it doesn't trash. it doesn't actually tell pitch. It just it, in the slightest. Um, so I wasn't good at that part either. Um, so I played the drums part and it, I was good at it. And then somehow it tra- I figured out how it translated to a real drum set. And then from there I was playing, but from what I listened to, I thought about this a lot and I thought about this multiple times. I don't really know. Like, I mean, I started off being like a, like a pop kid and a, like a Broadway kid. My mom listened to like Fleetwood Mac and like the Dixie chicks and, uh, who else she listened to Reba McIntyre, nice. um, bunch of shit like that. And then my dad was very strange what he listened to. I guess he would, from like a young age, was showing me like prog shit, but I don't remember it. Um, so when you got into drums, did you know your dad was a drummer? Yeah, I, I, I kind of knew that, but I kind of like just kind of shrugged it off as like, a, oh, he just talked about this. And I mean, he did he did play a lot at, at a certain point in his life. He was gigging a whole lot and playing a, a fuck ton in his band. Um, uh, but he, yeah, I mean, I, it, I, it wasn't something that I really connected with at the time um but yeah and then i thought about i thought about also like how there was a point it was like four years three years of my life where i just listened to like rap and hip-hop and then the occasional like heavier thing like system of a down or rammstein or something like that and i always i always wonder like what that connection is how i listen to music now because it's like still kind of poppy but also i listen to a lot of like southern rap and hip-hop a lot of that stuff is like really dirty and heavy stuff, which is like a makes sense as to how I got into metal from there. Um, I just thought of a great question for this topic, and you know, since Hagen has it now, I want you to answer this, but everyone should answer it. So when we're talking about nostalgia, I think 
we should say what was your favorite band in this era that you would say you're nostalgic for and then what is your favorite band now and do you consider that nostalgic i can go ahead and start with me um my favorite band of the era that whenever i was growing up and actually getting into music was cradle of filth and i would say i'm not nostalgic for that type of music at all anymore so i mean i think it's interesting because i I, it's hard for me to say like i think whenever i was getting into drums like i would probably put slipknot at the top of my list then but whenever I was like really deciding that music was something I wanted to do was in was in middle school and my favorite rapper was Chameleonaire. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's a Texas native. Yes, yeah. I, I, like I said, I listened to a lot of like southern southern rap. Um, I'm glad that you said it's Chameleonaire because I had a fight with my partner about that. Not an actual fight, but she said that it was. Uh, like Chameleonaire or something like that, and I was like, "It's chameleon. It's yeah. a play. It's a pun. Yeah, millionaire and chameleon." Yeah, he he was he was one of those like he, his 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 like flow and rhymes were awesome. But whoever did his beats, if it was him, then awesome. Uh, but like he was part of the chopped and screwed era. But there was something about those beats. If you didn't chop them, screw them, so, chop and screw them. Sometimes that was like heavier and a little bit more like in your face about it. And uh there was like this one song called still tippin and he did the original version before it got uh chopped and screwed and it's like you're unlocking memories for me that i didn't know were there (laughs) (laughs) that's dj screwed right yeah 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 uh but it's it's like i he he was just amazing the record that raiden is on is from front to back a really fun listen um it's weird to go. I went back and listened to it sometime during quarantine because I was just like going through and just like, oh, I, my God, I used to listen to this. Um, so if I had to connect Chameleon Air to uh, Between the Buried and Me or Foo Fighters or Sarah Bareilles or Theo, no, it's not happening. I have, I have, like, <laughs> I have, I have Slipknot has makes a little more sense because I still would, I still like listening to a lot of Slipknot stuff now. And I still like listening to Chameleon Air, but it's not something that I think about frequently it's like a, oh this would be fun to it, listen to again it comes up in a spotify playlist and you think fuck yeah or or like i saw a facebook memory of me like dressed like an idiot because i was like into that like culture and i'm some white nerd who's be like careful <laughs> well no 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 like i'm some white nerd who's trying to like look cool and i can't right so that's yeah. that's the uh that like i'll see a picture of that and i'm like oh man look hagan wasn't calling courtney love a bitch he was calling <laughs> her deceased husband a bitch <laughs> in this hypothetical situation. We're not editing. Uh, Get off his cornrows. <laughs> okay. You've never had cornrows. Um, but well, you've never had cornrows, right? No, but but, I, but I'll say but I'll say that in the time in the time when I was most into rap and hip hop was when I had highlights in my hair, like I was in a boy band. Nice. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I don't know how to connect any of that, but I just it's really interesting to think about how all that works. Yeah. So, Adam, I would love to have you be the buffer between... Yeah, between uh, all the musicians yeah. that are still playing music. Well, yours between is going to be the Dave more... talking too much. Yours is going to be the I'm more talk organic. A lot. But I think mine might be... Maybe. I say this. Uh, probably not similar to some listeners, but I did you know high school and middle school band in public school playing saxophone. Uh, Bill Clinton. Yep, not not really, but yeah, sure. Tenor, uh, alto tenor. Oh, yeah, okay. doubles. Yeah, you know whatever they gave me to play. Basically, you seen those but arms, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then uh, I I really liked, didn't care for middle school band that much, like concert band. 
Um, I did kind of get an appreciation for classical music out of that in high school eventually. Uh, but I really liked marching band, which I did one year or, or a semester at UNT. Uh, but that's, you know, that's different from kind of like any kind of pop music, music industry stuff. Uh, but growing up, my dad always played a lot of cra- classic rock stuff, stuff he grew up listening to, right? So You did your dime. You you went through the, the dad rock. I mean, kind of. I, I wouldn't say Led Zeppelin is dad rock, but... I would, 100%. It is now. It is now, but, like, it's a... It is that, like, at that start of that, like, genre of music, though. So it's not, like, you know, forgettable rock, maybe, is what I would say. I think but Black Sabbath is dad rock, and Black Sabbath oh, slays. Definitely, yeah. Oh, well, and I, I definitely listened to Black Sabbath, and my mom was like, no, you shouldn't have him listen to that. And my dad's like, no, he should listen to it. Which is funny. And There's that misconception that, like, Black Sabbath is, is like, terrible. oh, hail Satan. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, a lot of the times, if you listen to the lyrics, Ozzy's saying, like, oh, this shit's fucked. We should, like, go to God. That yeah. might fix this. <laughs> He's genuinely saying that yeah, in those it, lyrics. Yeah, it does get kind of weird, especially the more you get into their discography. But, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I grew up listening to stuff like that, you know, the Beatles, Foo Fighters, Obviously, when, you know, that was going on. My dad still listens to, I wouldn't say, like, super current music, but, like, rock music. That's just general rock stuff. Um, Did you, uh, when did you listen to the Beatles? Like, what age do you think? Oh, like, as far as I know, like, my life, basically. I don't know. I don't think I listened to the Beatles until, like, high school. The Beatles. Uh, We heard it a lot. Three years ago for me. I didn't get into them until, like, three years ago. No, I, I definitely heard him growing up, and I was like, eh, I don't really care. No, and like, I'm not asking like when did you get into them. I'm, I'm no, no, asking no. like when I'm, did you actually give them like, like an honest them. listen? Oh, yeah. an honest listen, like definitely in high school when yeah. I had like one of the things my dad gave me at one point when I was probably late in middle school, maybe early in high school, was he was like, here's here's a stereo, here are two speakers, hook them up and play loud music. I was That's like, awesome. Cool. And so I have loud music and you know speakers and stuff still my dad just said we make more than calculators (laughs) (laughs) that's all he told me is that is that what he said every day every morning (laughs) yep pulled his pants above his belly button and said more than calculators jackson (laughs) elo yeah i I did this is gonna be never listen never listen to elo My dad would just say, this is going to be important. There's going to be a movie that comes out, and they're going to tell you, Mr. Blue Sky, it's great, but you'll already know, okay? That is a great song. It is, yeah. Dave? Uh, I have two older brothers, and the middle brother listened to hip-hop almost exclusively. The oldest brother listened to metal almost exclusively. My mother loves country music, and my father loves classic rock. So I was bombarded with all that stuff. And I first got to the first thing I really cared about was like boy bands, <laughs> mainly the Backstreet Boys. Ah, oh, you fucking idiot. So sorry. NSYNC is, in, that was my I mean, first concert. Yeah, but the hairstyles, like, like the middle part hairstyle. I product of his time. It's fine. Yeah. I'm it makes sense that you wanted the middle part because the, the, the trend on TikTok is the middle part or your fucking curly hair, man. Really? Yeah. You, you look like a TikToker with your, with your curly hair, dude. Nice. What about me? Do I look like a TikToker? No. Fuck. <laughs> but you and are. And which one of us is on TikTok? But, <laughs> but you are. Turns You're a great you TikToker, man. So uh, I was really into that. I've just heard all that stuff. My mom told me that when I was like three or four, I would. she remembers me being in like a McDonald's or something. And they were playing like a country station on the on the television. And I would walk up to the TV and hear the chorus, which I didn't know was the chorus. And she would just go, what's the name of that song? And I would be like, Chattahoochee. 
And she'd be like, yeah, that's it. So I could like guess the chorus and stuff. She's just, w- just waiting for that interview for your biography. I know. She's like <laughs> <Yeah>. just waiting. <laughs> when She's he like, was three. <laughs> but um, so I, you know, my path was like Backstreet Boys, Hanson, Metallica, System of a Down, Blink-182. Have and you then, listened to Hanson lately? Yeah. Man, like they have matured like a fine wine. Yes. Yeah. Incredible. And they're very underrated, I think. But so when I whenever I hear any of that stuff, I get very nostalgic. But the m- main stuff is Incubus, early Incubus. I was listening to that today, and I was like, "Oh man, this!" I remember hearing this uh, their their album "Make Yourself" and being so into music at that point that I, whenever I would show it to people and go like, "I don't understand how you're not freaking the fuck out right now," because it was like really uh, opened my eyes to like the beauty of sound. Did you guys feel the same way about any records? I I, I you know the way you describe that. It makes me think about hardcore music. It makes me, and it's not the same hardcore music you're thinking of because what I'm thinking of is the whiny shit that people call emo music, but is right. it draws that line like Chiodos. Uh, I put that on. Uh, do you remember this New Year's Eve? We were playing beer pong, and I put that on. And I, I just felt so alive listening to that right. record again. It was just, I mean, it's like it, it's different than like thinking about Slipknot because I can listen to Slipknot now and have the same feelings I did then. But th- listening to some of that like older hardcore stuff, even I would say probably the one that sticks out the most is not a hardcore record. Actually, is Holy Wars by Megadeth. That record sticks out the most as like very like this opened my ears to what full sound can be right it's like a switch turns on and you're and all of a sudden you're like oh i'm i'm either a musician or i'm going to be an avid listener yeah like this is a different thing what is it for you what's what's the thing that turned the switch on if you had to name a record i i don't know if i would name this whole record even though i love this whole record but um funeral by arcade fire was like i think the mo one of the very noticeable moments it, it would be that or uh, Contra by Vampire Weekend where I shifted from like a, oh I'm listening to this metal music because I'm trying to be a, like a middle school edge lord to like oh this sounds incredible especially the uh, opening track of Funeral uh, which is um, is that their first record yeah the one before Suburbs no oh. uh, so it's uh, funeral and then it's neon bible which is mm-hmm. underrated and then suburbs oh, okay. so the opening uh track is neighborhoods number one tunnels and like to this day i listen to that song and i'm just like wow this is like it's a it's a perfect song for me and i think that is probably my favorite song of all time and will never be changed and i have yet to this day been able to listen to it and be like ah, no i don't want to listen to it it just always kind of conjures that and i think not that like oh I want to sound like Arcade Fire, but it, it kind of switched my brain of like oh I'd like to make music more in this style as opposed mm. to what I was listening to. I still like that metal, but it switched to like oh I think I would like I think there uh, for my own personal growth there's more worth in this. That's a that's a pretty crazy thing too because I was just talking to uh, to to friend of the podcast Andy about this because um, he was asking me about a Chevelle song. And um, about like why you know why do like why did it sound like this? Why did they write choruses like this and so on? And the way I could describe it, which is I don't mean it to be like condescending, but like it's like a um, heavy metal light. It's like it approach it, it gives you this this idea that it's heavy and and it, it is metal, but there's like songs and there's like a very clear melody in the vocals and so on. And that that's a that that's definitely like that idea of like you you listen to metal and then you can hear something like that or even like the far end with Arcade Fire or Vampire Weekend and go oh, 
but there can also be songs and not yeah. just like noise. Yeah, there's some thread that can tie through in mm-hmm. a lot of those bands. That's a great example of a band like that. I remember hearing like, was that Seeing Red? Yeah. Yeah, I remember hearing that song being like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking cool. It's that. I remember hearing that song and a couple of Hoobastank songs and Incubus. When I, I was playing this w- weird game on PlayStation 2, it was called like Driver or something like that. With and a three for the? <clears throat> I think so, yeah. I could just drive through like Havana. And I remember listening to that and going like, this is the fucking best. And the song Goodbye Sky Harbor by Jimmy Eat World is to, like the ending of that song and me just fucking zoning out and it's doing like that. It's like 15 minutes. Oh, it's so long. It's so good. That's what I wanted us to do at, Lim- at the end of Limbo. Yeah. Well, too late. Too late. Anyway. So yeah, it's it's really strange. So what do you guys, Adam? What what's your moment where it turned on for you and you're like, fucking, See, I love I, music. I don't know what that was because it feels like I've always kind of enjoyed listening to music. Right. As far as I've always listened to music, I've always listened to just albums all the way through, um, which I don't know where I got that from. Really, the only thing I can think is maybe my grandfather had a very extensive record collection, and he would play you know the whole album all the way through obviously a lot of jazz and older stuff um but that's maybe where that comes from i don't know but that, yeah, that's I mean, definitely like in a, in a you know if you're listening to a record especially it wasn't always background music there it was like we are listening to this now and i'm like as a kid i was like i don't know i don't know if i care about this <laughs> i'm always but, you know, skeptical you, you grow into caring about that some of course i'm always skeptical whenever you read a autobiography or something like in an interview interview and they're like the first record i ever bought was this i'm like how do you remember that so like yeah, oh, was... the fact that we remember this and like i i guarantee you adam could name a ton of albums that he's like super into in the same way well, but to your point like that arcade one fire, song that that arcade fire album is definitely one that like stands out is a yep. thing that i heard and i was like oh there's like a lot going on in this that yeah you need to pay like more attention to but it wasn't probably the first time that ever happened the first album i ever bought was uh toxicity mm. not steal I, I, this album yeah. no. steal it uh yeah <laughs> on the I did. table <laughs> i did and none of us took it and then hagan said i got it <laughs> yeah i definitely stole it but i was i was the kid that would walk around with like slipknot shirts on and and uh I'd listen to hansen well yeah i mean that's that that's that's the like best vibe like i was trying to find a place to fit in and well, but like listening to Slipknot and listening to Hanson—that's I mean—that's like not in the era. It was not okay in that era. But no, but but like that was something that God, I hope you guys did at that age because I did that. I listened to heavy music and I listened to pop music and like like I have I have clear memories of like going back to like to, to Glee, like listening to like the Glee recordings of songs while also being stoked on Slipknot. You know, like right. it, and maybe maybe it was because I was in like the smallest private school in Texas. And maybe it was because like everyone knew everybody and we were just kind of our weird selves the entire time. But like, I I'm such a big proponent of no guilty pleasures. Listen to whatever music you want to listen to. Just don't tell me you listen to everything because that is false. Mm-hmm. That's a yeah. pet peeve of mine. I fucking hate that. Yeah. I've stopped asking students. What do you listen to? I just say, so what's like, when I ask what you listen to, what's the first thing you think of? Yeah. Because then when people go, I listen to a little bit of everything, I'm like, no, you don't. Yeah. So what would you think of the second great quintet? <laughs> and they're like, what? I'm like, everything, right? Miles Davis is the second great quintet. What do you think? So, Dave, uh, it sounds like Incubus was probably that first band you were super into, and I would venture to say you're still that way. Uh, yeah, I mean... But um, Dawes is your favorite band now. Dawes is my favorite band now. I go through like probably three years with a band where I'm just absolutely obsessed. So uh, with certain friends, if you ask, like, what's Dave's favorite band? 
Some people might say John Mayer. Some people might say the Foo Fighters. But now we would all say Dawes. And I still listen to Incubus, and it, it, it works out for me. But there are records that I've heard after a decade of not listening to them that I was really into that I was like, oof, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad I got away from this. The nostalgia is still there because there's it's tied to a moment in time, which really what is nostalgia is. What's the what's the newest record you guys have heard that you think is going to be nostalgic in the future? Like personally nostalgic? Yeah. Like well, what's one that's I- imprinted on you that you think, oh, this will be this will commemorate a time and a space. Well, while we think about that, I have to ask you because I haven't asked you since like the Dawes obsession. What are your top three bands? Because I know what I think they are, but what are your top three bands? What are they now? Or yeah, yeah, just yeah. in yeah, yeah. At current, they now? At present moment. Yeah. Um, oh fuck. Dawes definitely is number one. Foo Fighters. Moniker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My own band. Uh, Dawes, Foo Fighters, and shit. Uh, for sake of dead air, I'm going to say. Well, the reason I ask is because there was a point in time where Moniker as a band shared like this like thread of like yeah. we have similar favorite bands yeah, and was so on. You and I like Between the Bear to Me. Or no, Foo Fighters. And Foo Fighters. It was a Radiohead. triple circle Radiohead. Venn diagram yeah. that yeah. only two people like the same band. When we were Never at yeah. all three of us. We were at South by I mean, Southwest that and that guy from Google was talking to us. Yeah. yeah. He was like, that's really cool. And we were like, yeah, it's fucking cool. <laughs> 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 he didn't sound fuck? like that. It's just, you know. Oh, I remember this. Yeah, yeah we, were on the, the we were on the rooftop bar. at the shop bar. Yeah, yeah, and he's like, we work for Google. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he did sound like that. And he, and he said, you guys should play a Google event. And we were like, of course, as, you know, you know shitty yeah. musicians, I, we were like, absolutely, we want to play mm-hmm. a Google event. And then we were like, do you have a car? And he said, you can find my email. I was like, what, chat at Google.com? What the fuck? He's I, like, yeah, probably. yeah. Yeah, he said that, and then he he like took a shot and walked off. I was like, we're never gonna play did, for Google. Did you guys ever try to email them and follow up on that? No. It was like, like, what if it worked? And you just hey emailed. Bill, <laughs> we had a good conversation with a random guy on a roof in Austin. I don't know. He's probably Chad. I don't know. Um, um uh, oh, John Mayer. So John Mayer, okay. Dawes, and Foo Fighters. Okay. Um, that would have been my exact guess. Interesting. That would have been my yeah. exact guess for Dave. We're friends. <laughs> I, I, you know, in terms of albums that if I like, you know, like let's say 20 years from now, I look back and I'm like, God, this is nostalgic. That, that's so because like th- there's some albums that are going to, I think, sneak up on me because like I think about like the one the one that's going to stick out the most to me for the rest of my life is going to be the Theo Katzman album from last year. Um, there's there's still moments from that album that just like immediately make me just filled with emotion or like make me want to move around and Do dance. they remind you of a time? They, they remind me, no. I mean, maybe I mean maybe there's like quarantine albums that I have that could maybe remind me, but there's a lot of albums that fit into that time, that fit into that space. I think with Theo, it's just, it, it's, it's less of like reminding me of a time with nostalgia albums. It's more of like reminding me of like music that I liked and like it, it, it puts me in this like different headspace. Um, like maybe listening to some Slipknot stuff reminds me of like, oh, I remember when I saw them, but but with, like with the Theo stuff, I don't know if that's going to be nostalgic for me simply because I feel as though like that's just an obsession of mine. So like thinking about maybe an album that I'll come back and listen to 20 years from now, maybe if I go back and listen to Wallows again, that might be one of the ones that's like, oh, this is this is I, I hope I hope that doesn't it's not the case, but maybe Namdi maybe. But I hope that Namdi stays with me 
but who right. knows? I have two albums that like I, d- I didn't think I would have any answers for this. That was a hard question. So uh, kudos to you. Uh, I'm gonna say the thing that I hate when I hear interviewees uh, say this. Uh, great question. Because <laughs> to me, I think that that means one of two things: they don't have a good answer, or they don't actually think it's a good question. Uh. Um, but. I have two answers. Um, American Football's second LP, which came out in 2016, um, that was a, a sad boy music. That's really all it is. But it came out like right as I was going through a breakup, and it was like really just like hit like a, an emotional nerve. And to this day, I listen to it. And I'm like, ah, this is really cathartic to listen to for me. So I, yeah, and I remember, it, I, I'm sure I've said this on the show. They played a song. They don't really play that album much anymore because they view it as they were pandering to their old fans when they wanted to move on to something new so they hardly play any songs from it and they played one song from it whenever i saw them live and i was just like gave me chills and i was like holy shit like i I even just got a little chill thinking about that i was like fuck that felt good i like was actually smiling and i was like looking at my partner and i was like oh my god i'm smiling like i was like like, sucking my earlobes My, like, I was tearing up, and I was like, oh, my God, that felt yeah, so yeah. good. You were tearing and, up. You're like, ow, this hurts. Maybe not so hard right now. <laughs> so that, that would be uh, one. And then the second one also came out in 2016 uh, was A Moonshaped Pool, where I remember that coming out, and it, it just, like, very tied. That's the first record that I, like, made sure that I was in, a like, the right, you know, environment to listen to it. And I was like, I'm going to. I got it. And I got the, like the files. I ordered the special edition, so I didn't get my physical on day one. But they emailed me the wave files. Yeah. So I sat down in bed at the end of my day. I was like, I, I won't listen to a single song from this until I get home, put headphones on, and just lay down, listen, close my eyes, don't open my eyes till it's over. And I did that, and it was just like I remember the build up to that record. I've never been so excited for a record. I don't think I'll ever get that excited for a record again. And that's totally okay. I don't see that as a bad thing. It was really fun. And, uh, yeah, I just uh, – and part of me, Dave, close your ears. Part of me think it might be Radiohead's swan song. But, you know. Uh, I hope not. And if it is, it's a beautiful record for yeah. them to go out on. I uh, I have very close ties to a couple of records. One of them is uh, from my undergrad, Fleet Fox's self-titled, I think. Um in the gym there was a there was a basketball court slash gym under my the music building in my undergrad and on saturdays i would go skateboard in the gym because it was abandoned and i would put that fleet foxes record on and it was that thing that you were you were talking about before hagen where it's like don't ignore the music that you like because of the scene that you're in essentially right yeah and i felt guilty listening to being at jazz school and listening to Fleet Foxes and skateboarding in the gym. But it, it's like whenever I think about that time, I'm like, man, that's such a warm hug of a memory. Yeah. And then uh, that Incubus record I already mentioned, Make Yourself, showing my old friend about th- that band. I showed him that record, and he was like, cool, man. Like, well, you want to play Crash Bandicoot? <laughs> and years later, years later, I was at an airport in Canada, and I saw that guy. We were both uh, – I was standing outside – just waiting for my flight. It was in the dead of winter in Canada, and he was standing there smoking a cigarette. We hadn't seen each other in over a decade, and I looked different, he looks different, but I knew it was him immediately. And as soon as I saw him, I was like, I'm not going to say anything to him. I'm just going to see if we can exist. Old friends can exist in this moment and not acknowledge each other. And I started hearing the Incubus music. 
It was the weirdest fucking thing. Yeah. Like I started, I didn't hear the music. It wasn't some weird like thing, but I started thinking about that music. So nostalgia. The third one is um, Born and Raised by John Mayer. When I first moved to Texas, I was having a real tough time adjusting to life. And at that time, I, I smoked cigarettes. So I would sit out on my back step of my first apartment and smoke cigarettes and listen to that record. But now when I hear it, it's with my wife and I. Where she's like, hey, let's go for a drive and put on Born and Raised. So Rain I can, California comes on. It, exactly. It's such a driving song. And and I can feel my brain rewiring the memories of the stress of moving to Texas with enjoying it with my partner. And it's really strange how nostalgia can work that way. Yeah. Yeah. I put on that American football record around my partner, and she's like, God, fucking sad music. <laughs> she, right. I cannot listen to American football around her. But it's a cool thing to have that sad record that, that you, you were sad to at one point in your life, and to get sad again in present moment. And it's almost like you're hanging out with your past sad self. Well, I remember I got into that record. Uh, it was on Polyvinyl's uh, record label. And I got, uh, I'm on their uh, email list and I got their sampler for the year. And they had, I've been so lost for so long from that album. And I remember putting it in and it was the only song I liked on the sampler. And I just played it over and over again. And I would, at the time, I lived close enough to the UNT gym where I went to school that. I remember putting on this sad-ass song, walking to the gym, and then working out because I was like, I need to get in shape because I'm single now. And it's <laughs> just this mentality, this warped mentality. And then the record came out, and I didn't buy it for like a year or two. They put it up on their YouTube channel. It's like a 30-minute album. It's short. And so I, I remember uh, from like Denton to my parents' house is like a 30-minute drive, and I would listen to it either on the way there or on the way back. And it was just like... I remember doing that for years, and then finally when I got into record collecting, I was like, I probably need to buy that. I need to like pay that, not pay it forward, but yeah. Yeah, so. it's it's like hanging out with your old self. Mm -hmm. When I hear Slipknot music now, I remember my friend Jesse and I in his dad's garage blaring Slipknot on a CD player and essentially moshing with each other. And kind of like sometimes it would get really aggressive, like like freshly going through puberty and like we would punch each other and like mosh full on. So whenever I hear that music, I get a little bit anxious because he's always stronger than me. But like, I feel that energy of like, holy fuck. We're like, I think, yeah, I think that's a fair way to put it as, is like hanging out with your old self. Cause it's rare that music takes me back to a specific time in my life, like, or a specific day where like, there's one that I can think of now that's uh, eternity forever. It's like this math rock band. And I, I found them right before I went on a California trip. We went to Cal Jam and I, I, I rented a car. I flew by myself. I got in the rental car by myself, put that, that it's a short EP. And it was just like, I opened my eyes and I was like, I want to live in California. <laughs> There's something beautiful happening right now. I don't get this, but this is amazing. And so it's like, there's, it's very rare that music does that for me where it just more is like, I, I think that hanging out with your past self is a great way to put it. But there's something about like, you know, listening to Chameleon Air where it's not like I'm hanging out with high school me. It's more just like, I feel like, oh man, there is like a lot of really cool shit in this music. And yeah. Like maybe I'm justifying like my old self, but it's also like this is just really fun to be a part of again. That, it's a way to like revisit music that you might have not forgotten about, but like listen to less too. Yeah, and sometimes you hear it and go, "Oh, that's why I am the way I am." Right? Because like I, I'm looking through like my stuff, and I'm the complete opposite of Hagen, and I can definitely like everything I can tie. Like I just pulled up "City in Colors," "Bring Me Your Love," and I remember 
listening to that album and like for some reason in late high school i had a bunch of friends who died weird i'm not trying to make this sad but like listening to that album around that time and like it takes me right back then and i remember meeting dallas green and like telling him like hey man it was the first time i met somebody who like had songs that meant something to me and i like i hugged him and i was like your music means so much to me I had a friend die recently and like this song got me through and I was like, now I think back at that really cringe where they like, man, this dude just got off stage. Like, fuck. Yeah. But he might remember that. Yeah. Maybe. I had nachos with Dallas Green. Hell yeah. Yeah. Did he mention that? No. He, yeah. He was like, there's this guy in Dallas. His friend just died. Yeah. No. And also uh, his band uh, has that Jack guy from the Rock on Tours, not Jack White, but the bassist. And so I saw that after I met uh uh, Dallas Green, and I was like, "Oh, hey, is the Rock on Tour is doing anything new." And <laughs> he, he just kind of, he kind of gave me. You like went a from a nod. friend of mine died, thank you for music, to talking to that guy, going, "What's up with the Rock on Tours?" Exactly. You were meant to I be w- on a music I like podcast. That you thought that you might be mistaken for saying Jack White by saying that Jack guy. They're both Jack, and they both look the same, to be honest. Yeah. Well, yeah, they do. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think I think it can take me to places, but so much of the time, music is an introspective experience for me. Yeah. So it, it's right. like it, it. I mean, like, I, there's something about like recently listening to Dear Evan Hansen, and I watched it. I, I've mentioned I watched like the the YouTube cut of it, which is super weird, but like the music for some for some reason has just been really great for me recently. Bonus. Bonus. <laughs> and uh, it's like it. It's not. It's not something that's. It's not about what's happening in my life right now at all. But it's like whenever I listen to it, I just feel so much emotion. I enjoy what's happening. So Adam, before we move on to my three topics, uh, or three questions, did you have anything, any albums you think that will be future nostalgic? No, I don't think I have anything. Maybe I think, uh, Anderson Pack's Malibu is going to be one. Oh, that's a good one. one. I go back to like, that's when I got into (laughs) like that kind of music. Thanks, Jackson. That was really important that you Sorry, also agree. Sorry, this Zoom call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a but great yeah, one. I, I think that's probably one that's going to wind up being um, that way. It's hard to like pinpoint that kind of thing for me, at least, because kind of like Hagen was saying, I don't attach them to times necessarily. I mean, there's for sure going to be pandemic albums. There's, I was going to say oh, there's yeah. definitely going to be yeah. an instance where I've like had never listened to Taylor Swift's albums, music really, until the pandemic two albums that she put out and like. I probably will listen to all her stuff now and just try it out because I found out I liked it. You like, just wiggled another one loose for me. Um, the Sleep Well Beast. That's yeah. that's an album that, man, by The National. I Wow, At that every, is probably actually going to be the most nostalgic album for me. Every like, time like I in listen the future, to that album, forever. Yeah. that album is better every time. Yeah, it's better yeah. every time. I hold it close because I hadn't listened to the album um, until I had seen them live. And the, whenever I saw them live, Typically, what the National does is on their first couple, like maybe first half of their tour, they play the album that they just released all the way through, and then they'll do like half a set of like, oh, the hits. So I was still within that range of they play the album all the way through, and I didn't know it at all. So I sat through the whole thing. I was like, whoa, this is fucking great. And then and I was in New York City with my mom at the time, and they had just released it. So like, I have this nice memory with my mom, and it That's was awesome. just, it was incredible. So like, it was nice being in like a, what was it? Uh, I was in Queens, and it was like a really nice, just like October night, just listening to that. And still, when I listen to it now, I think of that night, and I'm like, ah, oh, this is such a great memory. So that's definitely going to be, no matter what, 30 years from now, 50 years from now, that will be the 
most nostalgic album for me. To to go back to a past thing, uh, whenever I hear what nostalgia, yeah, for well, we were talking about like future <laughs> records. Anyway, uh, my father loves the Eagles, and he used to listen to the live. He would watch the live performance of uh, When Hell Freezes Over every Saturday, and my childhood cat, Fluffy was never allowed in our living room until my dad was watching that concert. And as soon as my dad hit play, the cat would run down the stairs and stand at the door until my dad patted his leg. And then the cat would come in and jump up and sit right next to my father and be super quiet for the entire thing. It's the weirdest fucking thing. But now every time I, I, if I miss my dad or if I feel he's not dead... <laughs> He's still very much alive, but sometimes you miss your father. So if I if I think about that, I like get sad. I put that record on, and it makes me feel better. Yeah, the Eagles. That's a good one. That's a really good yeah. one. Every time Seven Bridges Road comes on, I'm like, you think about touring with them. We should probably move on. So <laughs> we don't have to talk through these things, but I did write them down, and I think they're good things. So uh, the idea was to talk about nostalgia, and I think we've already covered this, but I want to open the floor just in case anybody wants to add on to it. Uh, what would you def- define as nostalgia music? Not nostalgia, but nostalgia music. And I think we've kind of hit on that, just not actually put a definition to. Well, and there's an interesting thing, too, because I was reading about it briefly yesterday, and then I was like, oh, man, there's a lot of reading to do about this. But there's, uh, like, like, like scientifically speaking, nostalgia music, especially, like, over the pandemic, has been, like, really helpful for a lot of people. Um, it's helpful, like, for patients with Alzheimer's especially, but, like, it's it's also, like, really helpful for everybody who's sitting in their homes by themselves during the pandemic to, like, have this kind of memory and have this place to go. Um, so, I mean, it's it, – it definitely, like, the def- – I think we've hit on the definition, but we can go really deep, especially scientifically, as to what it does in the brain if we want to. But I'd, we'd have to do more research. <laughs> well, I, I think what you've done is at least opened it up to the listeners to think about that. And if you're curious about it, you can definitely find that. I, I I do think if I were to look at my favorite bands now, um, a couple of them, like I would say Radiohead is not a nostalgia band for me. I think that is a band that I genuinely got into and have just kind of followed them from, you know, whenever I got into them to now. And I don't think there's any nostalgia in that type of music. Whereas Coheed and Cambria is 100% nostalgia. Right, right. And um, yeah, I mean, Dave... I mean, Incubus. anything. Yeah, that's definitely nostalgia. But I just sent Adam uh, for the show notes. I sent you, you mentioned Alzheimer's and music. I sent Adam the clip of the documentary Alive Inside, where that, that guy, Henry, is, is, they put headphones on him and he has, like, he's non responsive completely. He's at the end of his road. And they show him old, I think, Cab Calloway music, and he just fucking comes alive. And yeah. it's insane. I've so that's a really that. potent. Uh, example of nostalgia. So there's, I guess this. Uh, go ahead. There's just there's just a lot of a lot of um, uh, times of that happening for Alzheimer's patients where they put on music and they can sing along to every word of the song. I don't know yeah. if it's true, but I've, I've heard that story. Maybe I read it on Reddit. But the like ballerina one, where mm-hmm. like uh, an Alzheimer's patient, what used to be like a ballerina with uh, you know Russian ballet or something like that, and they played like Swan Lake, and she just got up and. Pl- uh, did rehearse the whole thing God. just from memory and yeah. she was like super severe into her uh alzheimer's so um i think you know this we've already answered this one as well but once again want to posit it um do you guys think nostalgia is a dirty word 
I don't think it's a dirty word, but uh, my last thing is it can be a double-edged sword. But I was going to say it kind of can be only in that bands will maybe chase a type of music or a genre to be like, look, we're doing the thing that you know you grew up with, and isn't it great? Like, like Weezer. I, I, yeah, Weezer, yeah, or yeah. I think Muse does it on yeah. every single album. I think Muse has moved past what uh, people would say uh, what could make them nos- people nostalgic for them, me being one of them. And, I thought you were going to say what made them good. but Well, yes. And, and But they've moved on to something else, and they're successful in that field. But it's like, oh, this is no longer for me. It's for someone else. I still have those old records, though. Um, but what they do is they always have, you know, out of a, like a 12-song track list, they'll put one to two heavy songs on there to try and get people like me on. Because on this past record they did, which was a total piece of shit, they put one song on there that's called Pressure that is very old Muse. And I was just like, this might be one of the best songs they've ever released. And it is on a complete piece of dog shit. Is that Ready yeah. Player One? Yeah, that's okay. the one. That's, the, that's, that, that, that's that record? It's called Simulation Theory, and it, but yes. And it, and it looks, the, but the album art yeah. is Ready 100%. Player One. Yeah. And they had a super deluxe addition to the uh, album and the concert where you would go in and every music video had like Terry Crews. It was like, uh, like a Ready Player One each uh, yeah. one. And they made arcade cabinets so you could play games they made wow. for every single song that's crazy do you know if that that song that stood out to you is that something that was recorded for that or is that some discarded song they kind of picked back up who knows because uh, i i wonder for them specifically if they're still like capable of writing i think stuff that 100 that kind are. of thing because it seems weird that they're not doing that i think 100 percent they are i think they've just kind of moved on from like oh that's not what they want to do i they mean that, now that's fine if they don't want to do it but it seems yeah. weird that it almost feels like they can't kind of recreate how they used to write music before yeah well them specifically now at their shows instead of playing their heavy songs they have a thing that they call the heavy medley where they play a 15 minute medley of their heavy songs it is the fucking worst that's yeah i don't know fans ate it up that's kind of sad there's there's something there's something about so is it a dirty word that was my no i don't think it is but i think that like in the examples you're giving or like if someone is intentionally like trying to like it still isn't bad i guess but it's like it 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 can be forced if they're trying to force it can feel forced because if it's if it is forced doesn't have to feel forced but if they clearly are like here is the nostalgia i'm trying to remember remember when we sounded this way do you remember that like that can be a bit much at times but i i don't think nostalgia should ever be a like a dirty word same as i don't think anybody should ever have any guilty pleasures unless you listen to like offensive music yeah i remember thinking about like the bands like weezer like what happened to weezer why did i love the blue album and pinkerton so much and then i didn't enjoy any of it i think it was when they came out with like the 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 white album they had kind of said in the press like this is going to be like a return to old form and i'm like oh okay well that's curious but do you ever do you ever wonder that like like uh, muse sounds like a weird scenario but do you ever wonder when bands say stuff like that like maybe albums before that were them being like we're gonna try something different and then they didn't like what they did they were not happy with it so a return to form maybe isn't like a uh like like a it's different for them than it is for the audience yeah like it's not like they're trying they're not trying to be like nostalgic right they're not trying to be like remember do you do you remember we really sounded like this yeah it's more like hey we actually just want to play this i think i would be extremely skeptical of any band that would out 
and say, hey, oh, we're returning to this. Like, I, I, and this is maybe a bad example, well, it, but it, it would feel gimmicky if nothing else. Yeah, even if it does like sound great and it's really well done. Yeah, if you know, if Modest Mouse came out and said, hey, we're gonna make whatever your modest favorite modest mouse i know it's different for everyone but like early modest mouse for me early three albums if they were to come out and say that i would be really skeptical and be like oh like everything you these past two albums you've released have been really bad but this next one i know it's gonna be really bad if you're actively trying to do that there yeah i can hear that there there, there are a couple of bands that i would really like to see return to form so if if maroon five close to the end of their uh existence as a band decided to go back and make like hey we're going to just write songs and there's going to be no extra production it's going to be like a, like live performances of of the band i'd be like that's going to be great coldplay same thing katie perry i think she would release a great record of just songs um so many pop artists that had their first two records are like really really good i think nickelback could do that too dare say dare say metallica metallica yeah lars lars uh, out of the band they get a real thrash drummer in there and go let's play like let's write like we wrote the first album yeah i think two artists that i can think of that do it really well where they kind of they try new things and whether or not you like them or not they have gone back to what people know them as and people have said oh this is just as good if not better have been Sufjan, who has gone into his forays with electronic music which like for me is hit or miss but like some of his best music is electronic and then even just this week has released like two songs that sound very much like Illinois. Mm. And it's like, I was just like, whoa, I did not know he still had this in him, this folk. And then there's Beck who is constantly right. just weaving the lanes of genre. Yeah. And I, in my opinion has only released one bad album and it was his pop album. Yeah. I've heard people in Beck's band talk about being in that band is like going to music school where it's yeah. like super educational. And he's like at the top of his game in terms of like how to write songs and, make an experience yeah but he went from like sea changes and then from sea changes he did all those like guero and all those like just like straightforward rock records then whatever you want to call that like rock pop whatever and then it went back to uh what was the morning phase yeah which was just like oh damn he perfected this while he was perfecting these other things too yeah 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 it's got to be weird for these people that the bands that you know we're, we're talking about nostalgia like famous bands still playing the same songs from the 70s like stevie wonder or or whenever led zeppelin did those tours in i think 2007 with uh jason bonham yeah, yeah. it's like that's got to be wild for nostalgia i saw billy well, joel Queen. like two years ago and right. he doesn't release yeah. music anymore right. and i wonder when his last record came out it was like 90 something right well i was gonna say queen doing this like yeah in maybe a more obvious example than led zeppelin for a lot of people because it's like that's a still very, relevant. Like, high profile loss compared to Led Zeppelin, where most people are like, I don't know, what do the drummers do? Like, right. Thanks, no man. offense. <laughs> I, yeah. I maybe have one more thing that I had planned. I mean, we can keep talking, but um, we've avoided saying this name, but I'll go ahead and say it. So, can nostalgia be a double edged sword if it yields My Chemical Romance and Rage Against Machine reunion tours and possibly albums, but also Greta Van Fleet? I think well, I think Greta Van Fleet is maturing. I think they're developing into their own thing. The new stuff that I heard, I can't remember who, which one of y'all showed it to me, or it might have been one of our coworkers. I tried to get us to talk about it because the, yeah. I've had this topic on my list for a while because they had just released a new album, and I was like, oh, 
this is a perfect time well, to talk about this. Here's the thing about about Greta Van Fleet is that like, um, okay, so from our perspective, it's like a Zeppelin ripoff, right? That's that that's that what everyone says about Greta Van Fleet, right? It's a fucking ripoff. Great. Now, if kids like it. I don't see a bad a bad thing there, right? Because worst case scenario, they like this music that sounds like Zeppelin, and maybe they listen to Zeppelin. And then there's all the people who are even older than us who are like, "Fuck Greta Van Fleet, they sound like Led Zeppelin." Or Zeppelin they have, already did it. Yeah, or they have the flip side, and they're like, "Sounds like Zeppelin. This is kind of fun." The fun part about it is that, like, if someone says "Sounds like Zeppelin," it's like Zeppelin stole all of it, man. Move on. Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's kind of their entire thing. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's interesting because like you know I think it's fair to not like them because it it sounds like Zeppelin and you like what Zeppelin did better or it's fair to not like them for just whatever reason that's fine, uh, but you know if they're maturing then cool I think that we have encountered younger bands in the DFW scene who sound like a famous band who has existed who they uh-huh. are and, they, and they're succeeding right they're they're succeeding in the local scene. So I don't necessarily know if it's like I think maybe from a jealousy point I'm like oh man it just sounds like this but like in a realistic level it's like good for fucking them they sound like this and they're working. Well, yeah. it's it's catching like the I don't know I don't want to say trend but like kind of like you know fashion trends and all that like the, right. things come back in cycles music is kind of doing that to yeah. some degree also. Yeah, I mean marketing and is a son a of a bitch where it's like yeah. you can have a band like Greta Von Fleet and it somehow pulls at a younger generation's. Uh, like attention from their parents so they have some weird connection with like oh my parents like this but they might not even think about it that way it's I, a whole other stream of like generational marketing yeah i think greta van fleet for me at least i don't like their music at all it's just not for me um I, but i think what the issue with them is is they are very their fan base seems very much like the Zack Snyder fan base where it seems very much if you're not with us then you're against us and it's very much like how do you not see that these are the gods of music and like it will never and they'll always say some shit like oh Justin Bieber can't do this it's like dude that's a dated reference like over (laughs) 10 years old and Bieber's a fucking badass it also it also doesn't matter because if if, like if that's your argument then 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 you're going to be wrong and pop a lot of the time and it's also totally irrelevant but yeah, that, that that is a fair point. I, I guess I, I I don't know. It's probably some like purist thing. They think they see the you know the absolute like best sheep. thing, and they're gonna say shit like sheep. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Being a purist is a is a form of extremism. Well, yeah, they're also doing some kind of like gatekeeping. Yeah, to for music sure. At that point, about like, well, it's only real music if I like it. Yep. But. Well, it, but that's like what Hagen said before, where you get frustrated by Greta Von Fleet, and then you you end up gatekeeping right. subconsciously yeah. because you're like, that's not Led Zeppelin. But then, positively, on the as I said, double edged sword is on the other side of this. Uh, if you flip this coin or sword, you have things <laughs> like we were maybe not all of us about both of these tours, but at least one of these tours excited us the you know mcr or the rage against the machine and uh you know probably both of those bands are going to release new music whether or not it's full albums so like it's the same thing where i'm sure there are people who like would scoff at us and be like oh you're just like i mean like i have tickets to see mcr i paid way too much money for it it's it's uh, the type of thing where your nostalgia matches up with your current taste so rage against the machine still excites me so if they salary (laughs) <laughs> and your salary yeah. <laughs> if 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 they did release a new record i would be willing to guess that it would be really good yeah i think a new record is different from a tour though where a, right. a tour kind of feels like 
not money grabby, but like, oh, look at us. We're doing the thing again. We're doing the whole deal. It like, could it's be. all back. But yeah, and it could be. Even if it is, it's still fine because right. I'll pay to see it. Sure. Uh, I mean, I think the, the hey, we're going to release a new album is different. I don't have like a good example of that. But the like, Eagles. Sure. They actually, tried yeah, to that, do that. Yeah. And it's like, well, it's still good, but. Mm. But that, that feels a little bit less of like a cash grab. Especially today, we're streaming music where mo- nobody is like buying, you know, whole albums except for me and some people. But it, it feels less like I don't know, gross maybe. But yeah. going on I, like a whole tour is like, well, we're we're expecting to like make a bunch of money on this because we can go do this tour. But then again, the Rolling Stones are still touring, so like I don't know if that. But it's matters. also a job. You got to do it. I mean, sure, like, right. I mean, it's, yeah. if, if you're if you're gonna first of all promotion, all that sort of stuff. If you're gonna promote the album, you want to promote a reunion. This is the way to do it. It's 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 part of the job. But I, but I do, I do wonder if twenty years down the line, if there's a band that we're gonna all listen to and be like, just sounds like fucking My Chemical Romance, man. What the fuck is this? And and that's and that's one of those things where it's like, what if those kids heard My Chemical Romance or Green Day or whatever band from like that kind of era, and they were like, I, I want to write music like that. Like no uh, one's doing uh, that. So you're using say, the Olivia Rodrigo defense. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> no, but, no, but, and I agree uh, with you. What I'm saying I was is, say, we're definitely going to hear the Green Day like copycats, if you want to call them that, like in the next couple of years. Like, but that's, like that's well, the trend of like how this is all going. Is but it's like baggy soon. pants are back. But it's like this thing where where I mean, okay, so '90s nostalgia is like huge right now in pop culture. That's vintage. Well, yeah, like it's it's over it's over 25 years old, so it's vintage. Yeah, I'm so, vintage, <laughs> right? So uh, it's 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 it, it is huge. But like, if someone hears that kind, of, if someone hears Nirvana and is like, "Why doesn't anyone write?" Like, like a, a teenager is like, "Why doesn't anyone write this?" and tries it. I mean, we're probably gonna just like, if we're just at a show and we hear some kids play and it sounds like a Nirvana ripoff, we're gonna be like, <clears throat> "Sounds like fucking Nirvana, man." But like, that's just us being olds. Where like, we could just kind of be. It, it's possible to be more open about what these kids could be hearing instead of like. Oh, it's just a cash grab, nostalgia, whatever. I don't know if Greta Van Fleet have the fucking wherewithal to go like we're, we're gonna rip off Led Zeppelin, or if they're actually like, why doesn't anyone do this anymore? It's just that's what they they listen to. That's yeah. all it is. And well, yeah, yeah. There, there's probably that angle of why doesn't anybody do this still? Because that we know that happens in small local scenes, and those bands don't really make it anywhere. But right. They, they're definitely thinking that when they're making that kind of music about like why does nobody do this anymore? They and just happen. Turns to out they got it. it at the right time. Yeah. 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 Because a lot of these other bands have tried that and it hasn't worked. Because there's the tiniest yeah. bullseye, and they just happen to nail it. Right. Yeah. Like that's it. like the Hives, the Strokes. Yeah. All those bands from that uh, like mid 2000s, I would say. Mid I to would late say 2000s. that's a bit different because that was more of like a culture. I don't think there's like a culture around the Greta Van Fleets out there. It's no. Like, yeah. That sure. is the singular band making this movement, and like, I mean, I'm not in that uh, group, but it doesn't seem like there's you know a bunch of Greta Van Fleet clones happening right now no no and like I, there was a ton of white stripes whenever that happened right yeah and i think i think we're just gonna keep seeing keys. i mean like it all, it all it all tends to repeat itself especially you go down later down the road we're gonna see way more of it but i don't think it has to be a bad thing i think i think intention is really important but it's hard to tell intention so it just i think you kind of just have to read it as you go and just kind of and oh okay well you know, I don't like Greta Van Fleet, but if it, if the kids like it, then maybe I'm missing something. Maybe yeah. it's, you know, cool. Just, yeah, don't be a sourpuss about it. If you don't like them, don't listen to them. Don't pay to see them. Let other people do that. Yep. Yeah. I think we're coming up on the second wave of, like, uh, bands that are solely, like, boy bands, girl bands. Um, but it'd be cool to see, like, trans bands and, like 
the progress of society overall. Yeah. yeah. That I think that'd be really cool. Yep. That'd be I'm really cool. excited for K-pop to break into like to be more global and different cultures with the Grammys trying to be more cultural and, and we can drop it and just call it pop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, I mean like I, like it's doing so good for for like come like I mean like it's grown so exponentially and it's just going to keep growing. Yeah, I did mean, you get that BTS meal at McDonald's at Macker's? No, do they have one? Yeah, yeah. they do. It's just uh, chicken do you nuggets. Think they've eaten it? It's chicken nuggets. Absolutely not. It's chicken nuggets, fries, a drink, and two sauces. You don't get to pick the sauces. It is two sauces that are picked by McDonald's. So uh, that doesn't. How how is that even related? That it is mass appeal. <laughs> they just paid. Uh, no, BTS, I, I that, however many millions of dollars. Good for them. That just sounds like yeah. a normal meal at McDonald's, but you say, I don't know what sauce. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dealer's choice. I'm hey, feeling lucky. Chick-fil-A is not doing that. It's fair. It's fair. Yeah. Right. All right. You guys want to talk about what we're listening to and then get out of here? Yeah, get the yeah, fuck out of here, man. I'm done. Fucking over it. I've been listening to Incubus. I've only got one album. <laughs> um, I listened to Miley Cyrus's album that came out at the end of last year. Kind of continuing my trend of listening to musicians that everybody else has listened to, and I have not because I don't listen to radio. And uh, it's great. It's a pretty good album. I liked it. Nice. Uh, it was Incubus for me and Florence and the Machines 2018 High as Hope. Is uh, that any good? I, I like her first two records. It's really good. It's not as it's good as uh, How yeah. Big, How Blue, How Beautiful, I think the name of the record is, the one before that. But I tried to listen to it not comparing it to that, and I, I did, and it's really good. All right. I look forward to a lot of the rest of that discography. I've been listening to uh, – this is uh, definitely my – I feel like 2021 has been very light on releases. There have been a handful – I've loved the Fishboy record – and there have just been a handful of things that have come out, but it feels like a trickle, and nothing has like hit me hard until this past week. Um, which uh, it's modest mouse. No, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Dog yeah. shit. Yeah, it's, um, it's very bad. It's an album called "The Turning Wheel" by Spelling, which is the third record from a singer-songwriter Spelling, and the best way to explain it is experimental pop. And if you're curious what I mean by that, just go listen to the song Boys at School. It's a seven-minute song that has, like, maybe the best recorded synth I have heard ever. And it, it just, it's fucking incredible. I sent it to Hagen thinking, oh, Hagen might like it. I don't know if he listened to it. But, I mean, this is, I wouldn't say a perfect album, but I don't think there's going to be any albums that top this album for me the rest of the year. I wasn't going to mention it, but it, I, I, I've listened to it twice, and it's really good. Um, I think I've listened to it like eight it, times. It, it, it's take it's still taking me time to get used to her voice because her voice can't decide if she's a pop singer or a musical theater singer, yeah. and it's like a little bit tricky sometimes. It is, but she's a really good singer. Like she's fucking phenomenal. So that's not that's not like a diss to her. It's just like it takes a little bit of getting used to. I think for most people, what I like, what's really interesting about this, and I hope it doesn't come off as patronizing, but I've listened to in interviews of her, and she apparently in 2017 crowdfunded this record like producing it and then what she did is she got a daw a digital audio workstation and learned how to use it from scratch wow and so from like 2017 to now she did that and like wrote the whole record she doesn't play a single instrument which is incredible but she wrote all the instruments and basically 
she hired a band with the money she raised and like worked with them like she's playing with like really like high pedigree musicians and was telling them like oh i wanted to do this and like i think anthony fantano said this but said like it really sounds like an artist pushing their limits which is just incredible to see and like as i said i don't want this to be patronizing but it i wonder if it's that outsider's perspective of like you know she's not a classically like she doesn't know how to play instruments she claims that she has like she collects instruments doesn't know how to play a single one yeah i mean i i i think that if anything the way to describe her voice is not like it's it's hard to get used to but it sounds really genuine it's like a smashing pumpkins or uh mountain goats where like if you don't like the voice that's going to be really hard for you to get over and i would totally get that but i would also say that this voice just takes minutes warm up to yeah like it's it's not it's not something that you can't like just be like ah like oh fuck this but you can actually get used to it if if you want to and the opening track is like probably like the most yes the most egregious offender of that little deer where she kind of sounds like a mariah carey for a little bit and then when you get to boys at school which is my favorite song on the record it she kind of settles into like oh she's still doing that but it's like oh this is her past she gets it so i can't recommend that enough and that is my album of the year um wow. <laughs> uh so uh listening to a lot of stuff but i'm just gonna shout out one thing which is like a friend but also a really good ep called warm light by secret keepers secret keepers is uh a guy named tony whitlock who i play in a band with and uh he did hi tony he did hi, basically tony. everything on this ep and it blew me away i yeah. was like I, I was being a shitty friend but i didn't listen to it like for like a week after it came out and i was like i'll put it on while i'm cooking i haven't listened to this yet and i should probably listen to it and i was i i had to stop in my tracks i was like tony it really rubbed your earlobes didn't it, it really rubbed my <laughs> earlobes man it is uh it is like it is such a cool ep and i really highly suggest it's like it's it's a little bit it's a little bit rock a little bit country he he listens to a he listens to like a wide variety of music and you can definitely hear that um but i mean like the first the very first song this lake is like it it just it it, i was like tony you sound like that's your that's your voice man stop rubbing your earlobes dude we're not done ew yeah, but we hung out on Thursday night. Yeah, you and I, and you you were like, "Guess who this is?" And you showed it to me. I was like, "This is good," but I don't know who the fuck it is. And I was trying to think about like our friends who it could be, like who would make a record. And then when you told me it was Tony, I was like, "Oh, that makes sense. He should be making records." He should, but I didn't know he sounded like that. Right. I didn't know he could play drums like that. Right. I didn't know he could sing like that. I was like, I was like mad for a second. He didn't ask me to play drums on this, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, I get it." Yeah, I want to play bass for it. <laughs> do a cd release show (laughs) yeah we're gonna do it this is it it's decided now but yeah warm light by secret keepers go check it out Uh, album he's already said oh sorry what sorry fuck god you said miley cyrus and he just doesn't care anymore yeah i just yeah in one ear and out the other jeez album can say one atom in on stage (laughs) and nobody says anything (laughs) uh anybody else have anything they want to add before we get the fuck out of here can i please go yeah yeah i'll see you later bud yeah it was Bye. getting weird with your earlobes so uh, yeah on. i feel better now than i did at the beginning so that's good um so thank you guys for listening we really appreciate you being here if you haven't already you can go ahead and hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever app you're using we really appreciate that that would be awesome bonus <laughs> 
and uh, and if you don't follow us on social media, you can find us and press that follow button there too. DFTA podcast or don't feed the artists. Uh, if you want to email us any questions too, uh, it's feedback at don't feed the artists, right? That's yep. that, that's, yeah, it. that's that's it. All right. <laughs> every every time we say this, I'm like, I got to go check now and find out. <laughs> you said it last week, and I remembered it this time. I, yeah, so I, I and it was I had it right last time. All right, I didn't so have to go make a new email like when Andy one time said dftapodcasts.com which <laughs> fuck now we have so so uh you know uh, join us next week when dave tells us he's been listening to john mayer oh yeah fuck off get me a towel what happened what do you mean what happened <laughs> what we ended the show no, no i know but like it was it did seem kind of sudden yeah it was very sudden oh, okay my bad <laughs> Y'all want to keep talking? No. I don't know how long we've been talking. Is it so... <laughs> Hit delete.